Welcome to Designed and Aligned. My name is Meredith Rawlings. I am a certified human design expert, ICF certified life coach, and high-level business coach. I created this podcast for the mission-driven entrepreneur who is ready to build a life and business on her terms. Together, we will unplug from the hustle-based way of living, let go of toxic overachievement, perfectionism, and scarcity, so that you can align with your unique energy signature, up-level in a major way, and extract every ounce of juicy joy from your life. Are you ready? Let's get started. Hello. I am really excited to be recording this because it's been a while since I have felt compelled to record a podcast. Um, Well, that's not true. I have felt compelled to record podcasts in this, in the sense of like, I should be recording a podcast that, you know, that's one of my, um, you know, ego plugins that I, that still pops up as it does for everybody. And I was like, you know what? I'm not inspired. I'm not going to do it just because I should, or because I feel like I have to. Um, and that's, you know, it's not going to, you guys aren't going to enjoy it as much if I'm just pushing things out for the sake of pushing things out. So this is one that I'm very excited about. And you can tell by the title of the episode, I'm going to share with you like the number one thing, the only thing I know for sure, as Oprah says, the only thing I know for sure after three years in business. And yeah, I'm going to get into that a little bit later. But first... I am going to let you in on a couple of things that are going on behind the scenes in my business. Um, I've been working on a bunch of different partnerships with people, which are very exciting, and I'm going to be launching those very, very soon. So stay tuned for all of that. Um, I'm going to have a one-on-one program launching for the new year and also a lower ticket offer coming in January and February both. So be on the lookout for that. Just sprinkling in a little bit of a teaser there. And I also am running a free 2022 vision event, which is going to be a Zoom call on Wednesday, December 15th at 5 p.m. Eastern. If you would like to be a part of that, you can go to my Instagram and find the link in my stories and in my bio. Or you can just send me a DM and I'll get you in there. And it's going to be just a really chill sit down. We're going to make it a vibe. Light your candles, have a glass of wine or a glass of sparkling water, kombucha, whatever. And, you know, make it really cozy and and vibey so that we can sit down and look at the vision board that you'll create beforehand. I'm giving you a video demonstration of like how I create my vision boards. So look at your vision board, have a list of the things that you want, the feelings that you want in 2022. We're going to go over them and kind of just talk about how to make those really powerful and ways that you can lock that vision in every single day. And we're going to do a quantum energy activation to connect with that version of you that is experiencing all the things that you desire, travel, relationships, monetary success, health, wellness, all of the things. And so it's going to be really, really, really impactful, really amazing. And so if you, if you would like to be a part of that, please send me a DM, find the link and we'll get you in there. Uh, I think this podcast is going to come out on the Sunday before that event. So you'll have plenty of time to get in there. Um, 
yeah, it's going to be really personal. It's, it's one of the only times you're going to get free one-on-one time with me, um, over the next couple months. So definitely hop on that. And let me tell you, this stuff works. (laughs) Like, I, I feel like I should probably give you some, um, evidence that I know what I'm talking about here (laughs) because I was looking over as I was prepping this, um, event. I'm calling it an event because I'm so over the webinar or the masterclass. Like I'm just over it. I'm calling it an event for lack of a better word. We need, we need to make up new words for these people. So if you guys have any ideas, um, come at me with them. So I was looking over the, um, Pinterest board that I made at the beginning of 2021. So like a year ago for, this year, this past year that we're finishing up. And I just didn't realize how many of the things actually happened. I was looking over my journal entries and things like that from around that time. And I was like, whoa, actually a lot of this stuff did come true. And the things that didn't are in motion. And yeah, it's just so, it's just so interesting. So let me, let me back up and I'll, I'll give you a couple of examples. And this is also a really great example of why you should make your vision board slash set your goals for every area of your life and don't be attached to the details so much. Even if you are a specific manifester in your human design as I am, um, be more attached to the feelings, the very specific feelings that you're going to have while you have this thing. Cause it's about the feeling. So anyway, backing up, it should not also only be about your business or about, um, you know, work type money things, because that's not the only area of your life. We focus as entrepreneurs, overachievers that we all are, we focus so much on our businesses and we have to remember that we are not just entrepreneurs. We are also women with desires and hobbies and interests and things like that. So don't just make business goals, make all kinds of goals, make all kinds of, have all kinds of daydreams about every part of your life, because that's when it really gets exciting. And you can see the diversity of abundance that's coming to you throughout the year, all the time, all the time, abundance everywhere. Um, but we want to give abundance a lot of different channels to come in through. Right. And so a couple of the things that were completely unexpected in my world that actually did come true that I had forgotten I put on my vision board. Um, <laughs> it's so funny. So I um, had a psychic reading at the very beginning of 2021 and that kind of factored into like what I was manifesting. So a lot of the things that she told me were going to happen or looked favorable, I think is what she said were things that I didn't necessarily think about, but I wanted, but I wasn't letting myself want. Do you know what I mean? So I was like, oh, I really want, I was living in an apartment by myself. It was my first solo apartment. And I was so proud of myself for, you know, affording my own place. And it was so nice and very, very luxurious and like lots of space. It was super nice. And I was really proud of it. And also I was like, I do miss living in a house. I love having a yard. I love having the you know, convenience of just walking in the door from your car. I like the idea that I could get a dog. I was like, I really want to get a dog, but it's not the right time. I need to have a yard first because I always feel bad for dogs in apartments. And also I don't know how people potty train in apartments. Holy shit. So 
I mean, you probably just have pee pee pads everywhere. There's no way. Anyway, I digress. So it was the, those things where I was like, you know, I don't really need to, I don't need to focus on that because I don't think that I will be in a place where I'm ready to commit to buying a house this year. Like that's kind of soon. And so, uh, I was like, yeah, I kind of discounted it, but I also was like, I wrote it down. I was like, I would love to be living in a house by the end of this year. And lo and behold, in May, June, when my lease was up, my boyfriend was like, yeah, I think you should move in. So now I'm living in his house with a yard and a fence and lots of space in my own office. And it's so funny how things work. And I'm saving money compared to my apartment. So everything always just works out in ways that you didn't expect. And I was not even considering moving in with him until he said something. Um, Love him to death. But I was very attached to my independence. It was something that I (laughs) had to work through a little bit with my um, ego stuff. I was like, huh, why am I so attached to this apartment? Oh, it's because I think that I'm more impressive if I live by myself. I don't need a man, blah, blah, blah. So y'all know how that goes. And the second thing is the puppy. So if you guys follow me on Instagram, you know that I got a puppy in October and I, again, it was something that I had on my vision board and I wanted a great Dane who was one of three colors. Uh, I wanted blue Harlequin or, um, what was the other one? blue harlequin or and now I don't even remember but the harlequin are the ones that look like dalmatians they're white and black with black spots and they're so cute um I I think I might have been never mind don't remember the other color anyway (laughs) so blue is the gray the gray color and they call it blue so I wanted that those three colors this is how I wanted her personality to be like really sweet really smart very cuddly. I wanted a cuddly dog because my great Dane growing up was not super cuddly. Um, and I kind of missed that. I loved that she was very independent, but I, I wanted some more snuggles and uh, just a bunch of other personality traits that I really wanted. And I wanted it to be a girl. And I also wanted to rescue because I didn't feel like spending $3,000 on a dog. <laughs> so, I looked back at my Pinterest board and I had so many pictures of adult Great Danes and puppies on my vision board. And they were all the colors that I wanted. They were all super cute, adorable. And I was looking back, I was like, oh my gosh, I totally forgot that I had these on my vision board because I didn't even think that it was a possibility. It was just something that once I moved in with my boyfriend, I was like, oh man, I can actually get a dog. And he encouraged me and I got in touch with all of these rescues around uh, North Carolina and into South Carolina, the Charleston area, and I. it was this whole long process, and I was convinced we were going to get an adult because who has ever thought of rescuing a purebred Great Dane puppy? Crazy. But they called me, and they said, we have five puppies for you to meet. Do you want to do you wanna come see if you wanna, I want to get a puppy? And it was one of those where I was not the best timing. Life was completely insane. Uh, I had no idea what to do with a puppy. I didn't remember. We've had puppies when I was a kid, but I didn't remember. I don't remember. I have a bad memory, so I don't remember what 
having a puppy entails. <laughs> I remembered it was a lot, but I don't remember, you know, how to train them or what phases they go through or anything like that. I didn't have a food. I didn't have a bowl. I didn't have a bed. I didn't have a crate. I didn't have anything, no toys, nothing. And a leash collar, nothing. And I went and got a collar and a leash and a, a crate for my friend the night before we had to go rescue her. And we, well, it's kind of a funny story. We woke up at 5 a.m. My mom spent the night with us. We all three drove down to Charleston, which is about a three and a half hour drive. Got to the place, met the puppies. Athena was the first puppy that we met. And Nate and I both were like, I want to look at that one. And she was so cute. She's the perfect color, exactly what I wanted. And she was so sweet and just like cuddling all up on our faces and like crawling on over our laps and just so excited and so sweet. You could just tell she was super sweet. They said she was the smartest one. She said um, that she was the most potty trained of all the puppies, which is a huge plus. And we took her home. And so I ended up rescuing um, a purebred Great Dane from, you know, she was from a really horrible situation. She was so sweet. So my mom put her in the car, drove her back to our house in Wilmington. And then Nate and I got in his car, in his truck and drove to Raleigh, which is a four hour drive because we had a friend's wedding that day. So it was one of those things where like, and this is side note, here's one of the morals to that story. I think a lot of the time we have the idea that if it's meant for us, then it's going to just work out and it's going to be super easy. And then if we have to struggle and like try to make things happen, then it's not actually for us. And I don't subscribe to that belief. I think you get to a point where you realize that, okay, we're at a point of diminishing return. This is so much effort and so much struggle that I don't think that it's worth it. You have to evaluate that for yourself. But the idea that you won't have to work for anything or change your life around or make any kind of sacrifice or or be uncomfortable to get the thing that you want is ridiculous to me. And this is a perfect example because she is 100% the dog that I was supposed to have. And it was terrible timing. Like I said, it was a logistical catastrophe. (laughs) Nate and I drove to this wedding in Raleigh and got ready in the parking lot. We got there 15 minutes before the ceremony started, got ready in the parking lot and walked in. We were exhausted. We were dirty. We were like smelled like dogs. You know, it was just we were it was just not good timing. Right. And but we did it because she's our she's our dog. I just knew intuitively. I kept asking myself the whole week leading up. It was like, is this right? Is this right? Is this right? Should we force this? Should we try and make this happen? And the day of everything did work out. It was difficult. And it was tiring, but everything worked out. And so all that to say, give yourself credit for the things that maybe weren't business related. They weren't, you know, goals of financial success or this is how many clients I'm going to get or this is how I'm going to grow my audience. Look at all of the other little things that make up your life. Look at all the little things that make up who you are. And not just make business goals because those those two things in my life have completely changed everything. They've changed my day-to-day experience. They've changed the way that I think about my future. They've changed the way that I relate with my business, the way that I relate with the world. It's brought up so many opportunities for me to grow. Not just moving in with my boyfriend, but obviously having a puppy is like, whoo, a lot. And 
it, it challenges you in a really big way, just like it is having kids. I mean, having kids would be so much crazier. And I just, if there are any moms listening, I just salute you. And I think you're incredible and you're doing an amazing job, even if you feel like you're not, because having a puppy is hard enough. I cannot imagine children. (laughs) So make sure that when you're setting your goals and you're creating your vision for the next year, that you include enough experience and enough facets of your life to make it a well-rounded experience because our, our job is not just, it's not the only thing in our life. We are so much more than that. And when we focus too much on work is when it stops becoming fun. And the key to everything is having it be fun. It has to be fun or you're not going to do it and it's not going to be worth it. You could be making $3 million a quarter. And if you're miserable and overworked and stressed and unhealthy and you don't have good relationships and you don't have a life outside of your business, then what is the point? What's the point? And that brings me to the thing, the only thing that I know for sure after three years in business, because my anniversary was in November and it was a huge kind of moment for me. I feel like one year is a huge accomplishment. Three years is another big milestone. And then five years after is a, is a huge, huge one. Cause these fi- first five years in entrepreneurship are the weed out years. They're the years where you're going to be screwing up and not knowing what you're doing. It's the weed out years. It's like the, it's like the biochemistry or like organic chemistry of, of business, right? Like it's going to figure out, you're going to figure out who's got it and who doesn't, right? And, uh, (laughs) yeah, so my third anniversary of taking my coaching business full time was just before Thanksgiving. I will never forget the day that I left my job. I was absolutely terrified. I took selfies too, because I wanted to send my family and I knew I wanted to kind of like remember how I felt because I knew there were going to be times when I wanted to give up and go back. And I wanted to remember like the elation and the excitement that I felt the day that I left. And I was also so terrified. I had no idea what I was getting myself into. It has been, it feels like so much longer than three years, but it also feels like I've never done anything besides this. Like I have thought about giving up so many times and I'll be honest with you guys. I have thought about giving up so many times and every single time I remember how it felt to leave my job and how excited I was, how full of possibility and how hopeful for everything I was. And I just hold on to that because that is the emotion that is going to carry you through everything. That possibility the knowledge that there is an endless, endless, endless amount of opportunity and there are infinite ways to make yourself successful, to make your business successful, to make your relationships There are infinite ways to be successful. And that is the only thing that I 100% know after all of these years in business Every other lesson that I've learned has all led back to that conclusion. There are so many ways to do it. 
there are also a lot of ways you can fuck it up. (laughs) And I have learned a lot of those ways too. (laughs) But it really, you have to add that element of magic and that element of wide-eyed excitement about all the ways that it can go right or you will give up. 100%. You will give up because it is difficult. Very difficult. And that is for everyone. Whether you make six figures in your first month or not. Some people make money really quickly. Right out the gate, they come out swinging and they just make a shit ton of money immediately. And it's awesome. I think that's incredible. That was not my experience, as you guys know. And there are things that they are also struggling with that make it very difficult for them. Making that amount of money and scaling so quickly comes with tons of challenges as well. So just because you're looking at these people and thinking, oh my God, why can't, why haven't I made that much? Or why can't I do that? Or what are they doing right that I'm doing wrong? None of that. What they are doing may work for them and it may not work for you. What they're doing may work to make money, but it may not work to create a really solid company culture. It may not work for scaling long-term. It may not work for longevity. That, that, that is a huge key in entrepreneurship. A lot of um, really hyper-masculine, like 3D ways of teaching business are all about really fast growth and quick results without factoring in how do you create the foundation that is going to allow you to be successful over the long term. And I was recently listening to an interview um, with the founder of LinkedIn who also founded, I think, PayPal. And he's now um, basically has a a venture capitalist fund. He's, I think, uh, I can't remember I can't remember how many billions of dollars he has, but he's one of those tech guys who has a billion, billion dollars and he looks like he's living in a basement, you know, like he's one of those guys. He's so rich that he doesn't even give a fuck how rich he is. And he's also obviously very successful and he's seen so many businesses come and go. He's had successes. He's had failures. And what he was saying was the, the, the way to be a successful entrepreneur is to focus on fast growth, like how fast can we grow and how fast can we change while maintaining the foundation of our business, the infrastructure. And that is a very delicate balance that is difficult when you're scaling really quickly. So anyway, there are a lot of ways you can do that. There are a lot of ways you can make money. There are a lot of ways that you can help people. And when you lead with that determination to find all of those possibilities I mean wow it is really it it becomes magical and when you follow that up with being of service and focusing on the fact that businesses are here to solve a problem if you have a solution that people need you have a gift that people need and I know you do we all have a purpose And I firmly believe that when you find your purpose, and that can be a journey as well, like we have to explore, and that's something that I help people do in my coaching, 
you know, explore who you are and where you come from and the things that make you tick and the things that you're really passionate about. That's how we find what you're here to do. And we can also use some quantum energy tools to help us along the way. When you find that purpose and you, you anchor into the strength of that purpose and couple that with that endless possibilities, the boundless opportunities that are available to you, you cannot fail. When you're driven by that mission of being of service to people, solving this problem for them, and knowing that there are so many ways that you can do it right, so many ways for you to find the people, make the money, keep going, employ people, get to pay them a lot of money, and just continue and continue and create a community that way. Oh my God, you cannot fail. You cannot fail. And I'm going to leave it there. Just kidding. I'm going to ask you this one question. And this is something that my friend and I were talking about last night. We were talking about all the, you know, difficulties that we've been through along the road and all of the times we thought, oh, maybe, maybe this isn't worth it. Maybe I should stop. And the question that I posed to her, because I've thought about this a lot, and this is one of the things that I go back to when I feel like, oh man, this is so hard. You know, I'm in those low moments. I'm like, this is so hard and maybe I should stop. Maybe it would be easier if I just went and got a job. (laughs) It would be easier in some ways and it would be so hard for my soul. Like I just remember that soul crushing feeling every day when I went into that office. I just remember not just not feeling like I was doing anything purposeful and not feeling like I was making a difference or helping people. And that just crushed me anyway. So what I asked her was, if you had a trust fund that had $10 million in it right now, you had access to all of that money, $10 million. You can do whatever you want, buy a house. You can go travel. You can buy a house for all of your family members. You can do whatever you want. You would never have to work again. Would you still be trying to, would you still be running this business? Would you still be doing what you're doing now? And she said, yes. And I said, me too. And of course we were like, well, when I have $10 million, I will have an entire team and I would be hiring a videographer and I'd hire someone to do all of my, you know, all of that stuff. We would have a sick team and we would be super supported and we would still be doing this business. We would feel very relaxed about finances would be less, you know, that would be less of a burden on the shoulders. But again, when you're locked into that feeling of abundance, it becomes much less of a burden when you're really embodied in that. And I can tell you that for a fact, this time last year, I was very, very, very concerned about money. I was very anchored in scarcity. And now I just, it's, it pops up here and there. And I still, The way I live is so different and I can get into that in another episode if you would like. But yeah, it's like that is such a freeing feeling that I know that even if I had all of the money in the world and I didn't need this business to create income for myself, I would still be trying to get it in front of people. I would still want people to be getting what I have to offer them and helping people and serving and all of those things. And that is such a freeing thing. So I ask you to ask yourself that question. What would you be doing if you had $10 million? Let's say, let's, let's go back to your 2022 vision. 
This is how you start to free yourself from the shackles of what you think you should be doing and start actually doing what you are here to do. And you lock into the strength of purpose that you're here for. What would you be doing? Sky's the limit. $10 million. What would you you be doing? Would you open a shop? Would you try to develop some piece of tech? Would you be doing coaching? Would you be volunteering in sub-Saharan Africa? You can build a business doing that too. There are so many ways you can do it. So many ways. And so I am going to wrap this up just by saying your success is inevitable as long as you lock in to your purpose and you commit to embodying the abundance of possibilities that are available to you.